Good morning, everyone. And a very warm welcome to Paisley St George's. Whether you're worshipping in person in Cosyside or via the live stream in the Outreach Centre or at home, it is good to worship God. The Kirk Session is called to meet on Wednesday the 5th of May at 7.30pm. This meeting will be held via Zoom and the link and the papers for that will be shared in due course. As I said last week, I'm in the process of setting up a rota of people willing to lead us in prayer or to read the scriptures on a Sunday. If you are able to help with either or both of these, then please email me or phone me with your details. Please, I know it's easy to say to me on a Sunday, you're coming in or going out of church, but I know my brain. I know that it will go in one ear and out the other and won't stop in between. So it's much better if you could email me or phone me, please. This Sunday, our organist is Alan Fleming-Baird and Alan Wright will play for the following two weeks and then Alan Fleming-Baird will play for the two weeks after that. And these are all the intimations. Come and worship as sheep of one fold. Come as those who are welcoming. Come as those who are accepting, as those who are called and united by the protective love of the Good Shepherd. Come and be shaped. Come and be challenged. Come and be changed. Come and rejoice, for Christ is your rod and your staff, your hope and your saviour today and always. The Lord is our good shepherd. The Lord knows you and he knows me. Come and walk with him beside still waters. Come and have your soul restored. Let's worship God in the 23rd Psalm, The Lord's My Shepherd, hymn number 14.
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, scattered though we are in time and space, we have gathered in your presence to offer you our praise and our prayers. We have gathered to listen for your word to us. For you, Lord God, are our creator, our redeemer and our sustainer. You are the good shepherd who cares for all your sheep in good times and in difficult dark times. Lord God, some of us have left busy, noisy homes to find you in the quiet. Others have come seeking to meet you in the fellowship. We pray that through your Holy Spirit, our ears would be open to hear your word. Our minds and hearts be opened to receive your word. And our mouths and arms be opened to share your word in word and in action. For we are the ones whose mission it is to build and not to destroy. And yet we manage to sabotage ourselves and destroy the things we love. But you come as one of us to show us how to heal. We are the ones who reject the cornerstone of our faith by denying Christ in friend and in neighbour. But you come as teacher to show us how to begin again. We are the ones who crucify Christ by the wrongs that we do. But you come among us to show us how to witness to your love. Lord, forgive us, heal us, teach us, and renew us. We thank you that through your son's death and resurrection, our sins are forgiven. And we thank you that through the blessing of your Holy Spirit, we may be strengthened to live more fully in your way. And hear us now as we pray in the words Jesus gave his followers, praying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Good Shepherd is here. You are his beloved sheep. Listen to his voice. He says, I know my sheep. I know you. I know you on the outside and I cherish what I see. I know you on the inside. When you are fearful or anxious and I long to give you peace. When you are vulnerable and I long to protect you. When you are confused and I long to lead you. When you are lost and I long to find you. When you are happy and I rejoice with you. 
I am the good shepherd. Come and find pasture. Let's turn now to our scripture readings for this morning, which will be read for us by Stuart. Let us hear the word of God. The first lesson this morning is taken from the first letter of John, chapter 3, reading from verse 16 to verse 24. This is how we know what love is. Christ gave his life for us. We too, then, ought to give our lives for our brothers. If a rich person sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against his brother, how can he claim that he loves God? My children, our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. This, then, is how we will know that we belong to the truth. This is how we will be confident in God's presence. If our conscience condemns us, we know that God is greater than our conscience and he knows everything. And so, my dear friends, if our conscience does not condemn us, we have courage in God's presence. We receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. What he commands is that we believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as Christ commanded us. Whoever obeys God's commands lives in union with God, and God lives in union with him. And because of the spirit that God has given us, we know that God lives in union with us. And our second lesson is taken from St. John's Gospel. John's Gospel, chapter 10, reading from verse 11 to verse 18. I am the good shepherd who is willing to die for the sheep. When the hired man who's not a shepherd and does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired man runs away because he is only a hired man and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. As the father knows me and I know the father, In the same way, I know my sheep, and they know me, and I am willing to die for them. There are other sheep which belong to me that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them in too. They will listen to my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I am willing to give up my life 
in order that I may receive it back again. No one takes my life away from me. I give it up of my own free will. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it back. This is what my Father has commanded me to do. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Stuart. We are going to continue in our worship in hymn 623. Here in this place, new light is streaming. Let me share the words of Marty Hogan with you. Here in this place, new light is streaming. Now is the darkness vanished away. See in this space our fears and our dreamings brought here to you in the light of this day. Gather us in the lost and forsaken. Gather us in the, lime, the blind and the lame. Call to us now and we shall awaken. We shall arise at the sound of our name. We are the young, our lives are a mystery. We are the old who yearn for your face. We have been sung throughout all of history, called to be light to the whole human race. Gather us in the rich and the haughty. Gather us in the proud and the strong. Give us a heart so meek and so lowly. Give us the courage to enter the song. Not in the dark of buildings confining. Not in some heaven light years away. But here in this place the new light is shining. Now is the kingdom. Now is the day. Gather us in and hold us forever. Gather us in and make us your own. Gather us in, all peoples together, fire of love in our flesh and our bone. Hymn 623.
This morning we've read from John's Gospel and from John's first letter. We opened our worship with the Lord's my shepherd, the 23rd Psalm. But let's begin with looking at the letter written by John. Seems as if John could have written that old Beatles song, you know the one, all you need is love. For he reiterates once more the importance of loving others. John in his writing seems obsessed with relationships, not merely in theory, but in the raw demanding realities of making them work. Here, as St George's, we are in the process of building new relationships. We are in the process of getting to know one another. And we all know that this process is made so much harder because we can't hold actual meetings. We can't sit round a table together. We can't share tea and coffee after church. We can't actually sit close to someone who's not in our household or our bubble. We know it's difficult. But John's understanding of love isn't naive about its difficulties or infused with a sentimental glow. Sometimes it's the people closest to us that are the most difficult to love because they know, they know just how to get under our skin. And I suspect that's true of many families and friends. We know each other well. And sometimes we know which buttons to push. And sometimes we choose to push those buttons. And sometimes we don't choose to push them. As St George's, well, we haven't got to this stage yet. We're still getting to know one another. And that will take time. But get to know one another, we will. We will get to know one another because God loves us and we love him. And in John's letter, well, he's clear that love comes with a price tag, that love demands all we have. It's shown in sacrifice, in putting the needs of others before our own. And as we build this new congregation, that's something that each of us may well have to do, to set aside the old ways of doing things. The phrase Ian Johnston used at the service of union, you know that one, it's I been that way. Mm. We need to be prepared to listen to one another and we need to be prepared to love one another. And the motivation to show such love is the self-giving example of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ turned towards Jerusalem and for love's sake went to the cross, went to the cross laying down his life for us. He did that for you, he did that for me. He did that for everyone who stretches out their hands and accepts his gift of love. So, if we love, as Christ loved us, then, then we should be prepared to give up our rights, our desires, and even our lives if necessary for our fellow believers. As John wrote, we too then ought to give our lives for our brothers. Where we can help, we should. Where we have more than others, we should share. Words can be powerful and transformative, yes. But if they're not backed by action, then they just become mere noise. As John puts it, our love should not just be words and talk. It must be true love 
which shows itself in action. So as we build this new congregation, we seek to show Christ's love in action. We pray for God's guidance as to how best to use the buildings with which we are blessed. To find a way of making the outreach centre a real opportunity to show God's love in action. And of course we may fall short, we may, we may fall short. And if we do so, well, when we do so, then we should not cover it up, but we need to confess our need of forgiveness for the past and seek the Holy Spirit's strength for the present. Our sense of failure should make us turn towards God, not away. For remember, God knows us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And God is not impressed by the image that we seek to portray, the sound bites we speak, or the selfies we take. God, God will not turn away the humble and the sorrowful, but God will draw us closer and he will give us what we need. And when he gives us what we need, this will then enable us to live a life in which we love one another daily in small things as well as big. For love, well, love is characterized by a determined attitude of kindness and generosity towards others and demonstrated in a myriad of small acts throughout a day. You know how it is, a little extra in your supermarket basket to give to the food bank. A wee note of encouragement. How much that means to folk when a, a note's posted through the door even if it's saying nothing more than thinking of you or give me a phone, offering an evening of babysitting for a single parent, giving folks a lift when COVID restrictions permit. Mm. But whatever God has given to us, skills, home, food, time, is a gift to share. And the love of Christian community, well, that's the badge of discipleship. And when love is central, we abide in Christ. And when we abide in Christ, we don't grieve the indwelling Holy Spirit. But sometimes, sometimes sadly, it's almost impossible for the world outside to see our faith expressed as love. For we squabble, we have factions, we have disagreements, we take umbrage at what others do. And that's just within our own churches. There will be difficulties and differences for us as St. George's, as the two congregations come together. But let us never, ever forget the love of Jesus Christ for each one of us and of his call to love our neighbor. For John, there is always the dual call of verse 23, to believe in the name of Christ and to love one another in obedience to him. And this summarizes John's message in the letter. And this kind of life leads to living in God and God living in us. We turn to the gospel where Jesus portrays himself as the good shepherd, the good shepherd. It's a description that we're familiar with from the Bible, but not from our day-to-day -day lives. I think the only time we'll see shepherds is watching Countryfile on a Sunday evening. But shepherds, well, shepherds in the first century were viewed with disdain so there is a real irony in Jesus' term, the good shepherd, 
as there is in the phrase, the Good Samaritan. People in the time of Jesus didn't expect shepherds or Samaritans to be good. I suppose today it would be a wee bit like saying, I'm the good politician, the good banker, the good telesales rep, the good traffic warden. But the Greek term that's translated here as good can also be translated as noble or beautiful. In other words, there is a sheer attractiveness about what Jesus as shepherd was offering as the gospel reading goes on to elaborate. This good or beautiful shepherd is willing to die for the sheep, unlike the hired hand who abandons them as soon as there's a moment of crisis. And this picture should prevent us from sentimentalizing Jesus' care for his sheep, his care for us. It's a costly care. It's a costly care that places the shepherd in danger. He sticks by his sheep to the end and he puts their welfare, our welfare, before his life. At the heart of this analogy is the way in which the sheep know and respond to the shepherd and the way the shepherd knows them. While shepherds give themselves wholeheartedly and unreservedly to their own flock, they always have an ear listening, an ear listening for others who cry from outside of the flock. For the shepherd, the shepherd desires to bring all into the fold. And yet, referring to sheep from other sheep folds, the Gentiles would not have gone well down with the Jews. And that that message gives us an indication of the depth of God, the shepherd's redemptive love. And the passage finishes as it begins with reference to the shepherd being willing to lay down their life for the sheep. And this is a voluntary choice. They're not simply swept along by events. However, if you think about it, well, that's great. It's also maybe a wee bit self-defeating. For who will look after the sheep if the shepherd is taken from them? The difference, the difference with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, our good shepherd, is simply this. Death does not have the final word. After death comes resurrection. So he, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, can be with them, with us, always. Jesus is with us. He is with us always. He's with us always in everything that we do. He is with us as we seek to build St. George's, as we seek to build St. George's as a community of believers, believers who will go beyond the four walls of the buildings to seek the lost, to serve God in this community of Paisley, to share, as John put it in his letter, to share true love shows itself in action. That is what we are called to do, to share God's love in action. Amen. We continue in our worship in hymn 511. Your hand, O God, has guided your flock from age to age. Through many a day of darkness, through many a scene of strife, the faithful few fought bravely to guard the nation's life. Their gospel of redemption, sin pardoned, life restored, 
was all in this enfolded, one church, one faith, one Lord, hymn 511. Now we bring to God our prayers of thanksgiving and of dedication. Let's pray. Lord, a year ago your house was not a fold in which we could meet. Confined to our homes, we prayed as a silent wolf prowled the world, a pandemic that threatened us all. We thank you for watching over us, no matter what we faced. For it was a testing time. It is still a testing time, Lord but yet there is community. And we thank you for this new community of St. George's. We thank you for the proof that your church has no walls as we learned to reach out to one another 
and still to worship in different ways. We thank you as we worship as St George's that we are able to do so in a variety of waves, ways, that we are able to worship in Cossyside and in the Outreach Centre as well as in our homes. Lord, we thank you for those in our communities who had been taken for granted, overlooked, not considered of great importance, but on whom we came to rely to save lives. We thank you that our values were tested and that we saw what really matters. Good shepherd who knows suffering and sacrifice beyond our imagining, we thank you that we are here today enfolded in your love. In glad thanksgiving, we have made our offerings and so, living God, accept these offerings we bring to you in a whole variety of ways. Grant that they may go where we can't go, that they may reach where we can't reach, that they may do what we cannot do. Use them to strengthen your church and advance your kingdom here where we are and far beyond. For Jesus' sake, amen. Our prayers for others this morning will be led by Stuart. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Father of mankind, who so loved the world that he sent his only son Jesus to live amongst us and whose greatest commandment is to love one another. We now, as an expression of love for our neighbours, offer our prayers for others, some who we know and many who we will never know. We pray for members of this congregation who cannot be with us today, perhaps through sickness of body or mind. Comfort and sustain them with the love of Jesus, who is always with us through the good times and the bad. Be with all the caring professions as they work, often under difficult circumstances, to relieve suffering. May those who are nearing the end of their earthly journey be surrounded by care and compassion. At this most difficult of times, let us remember those who mourn the loss of a loved one. Help us to surround them with the love and support that has been denied them because of COVID. We think of our Queen and her family, who now share the burden of isolation from friends and family that many have had had to bear. There are so many just now who are lonely, folk of all ages, the elderly whose lives have shrunk to four walls, who miss the fellowship of the clubs and hobbies, the young who have missed so much interaction with their friends and lost so much of their education. Maybe may they be assured that they are never alone with Christ by their side, even through the darkest days. Now is the time when we must truly be a church without walls, 
as the damage caused by the pandemic begins to take its toll with the loss of jobs, of income, and even homes. Some struggle to put food on the table and fear the indignity of visiting food banks. Can we follow the example of Christ by feeding the bodies and minds and provide shelter and clothing for those in need? As we approach another election, let us pray for leaders who will govern with compassion and integrity, not only at Holyrood, but at all levels of authority, locally and nationally. We remember the nations of the world as they work to protect God's creation. Let them be led by leaders with Christ's love in their hearts. At this time, May our thoughts and prayers must be with our brothers and sisters in India who are fighting a new wave of COVID. Let us pray that all the peoples of the world will come to their assistance. We lay these prayers and thoughts before the throne of Almighty God in the knowledge that through Jesus Christ, his life and example, love will conquer all. Amen. Thank you, Stuart. We close this morning's service of worship by, in hymn 710, I have a dream, a man once said, where all is perfect peace. But in this world of bitter strife, the dream can often fade. Reality seems dark as night. We catch but glimpses of the light Christ sheds on humankind. So dream the dreams and sing the songs but never be content, for thoughts and words don't ease the pain. Unless there's action, all is vain. Faith proves itself indeed. Lord, give us vision, make us strong, help us to do your will. Don't let us rest until we see your love throughout humanity, uniting us in peace. Hymn 710.
now ask if you're able, would you stand for God's blessing? Go as sheep of one fold into your homes, your communities, your places of work and study. Go and be the voice of the Good Shepherd and be a people of grace, integrity, faith and action and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Thank you.